Hello there, welcome to the Ansam Pod. I'm Mike Brandon and I'm joined by Kyle Cobbler, who of course heads up the uh, Atlanta branch of Ansan Foreign Supporters over in Georgia, USA. So recently, he's been back in Korea to uh, take in Ansan. So let's catch up with Kyle and see how that experience was. So hey, how are you doing today, Kyle? Doing great. Good to be back. <laughs> so let's frame this then. How was it back? How, how was it to be back at the WA Stadium? And of course, how long has it been and what's changed? <laughs> um, I mean, it was great. It was good to be back. Uh, I last visited in 2019. I left Korea um, as far as living at the end of 2016. So that's, you know, twice in, in six years. It's, it's kind of interesting since then. But um, I technically, uh, that was only two times I've seen the Greeners live because they started in 2017 as the Greeners, um, though it had been falling on Sun Soccer. <clears throat> um but no, it's special. It's good to see you know all the people, the uh, foreign supporters group, and and uh, just see the team play. Even though I didn't get to see a win this time, um, no, it was just good to be in a familiar place. Right. Well, unfortunately, twenty twenty two is not going to go down as having many talking points on the pitch for for Ansan. But <laughs> let's focus on what it's actually like following a K two club from obviously outside of Korea itself, because as we know, it's not always the greatest amount of interest within Korea. So what's it like actually following a K2 team all the way over in the U.S.? Well, um, it's gotten a lot easier over the last probably two seasons with the K-League TV, like international broadcast. So, you know, I've been able to watch any game I wanted. Um, have to use a VPN to actually watch like Korean na- like neighbor TV and stuff, which is kind of funny um but really like the kick times are, are quite rough um for example uh, tomorrow's game versus Jonah dragons is like 7 a.m that one's as good as it gets um i'm up pretty early but 3 a.m kickoffs are just a no-go that kind of kill my whole day um but i'm able to you know catch the highlights and stuff after that so that helps Right, it's certainly been quite a revolution in terms of the availability of the broadcasting of k-league actually so Certainly, it's good to hear that that's having a positive impact. But have you gotten any converts over there to to the Ansan cause? Oddly enough, um, I think COVID was a big part of this when we were all kind of locked in and couldn't do much in, you know, 2020 and 2021. But um, plus, I probably talk about Ansan too much. But um, people have become more interested in the K-League and they ask me about it. And um, a lot of times I go to, you know, Atlanta United games and people ask me, you know, what I've been up to that day. And I was like, Oh, I got up at, you know, 5am to watch uh, the Ansan Greeners. And they, they think I'm a little crazy. Um, but people have like casually started following the Greeners and other teams. Uh, Daegu, Anyang, uh, I have a buddy who uh, follows Jumbook, stuff like that. And, and they do watch them on occasion that you know, once again, the streaming service helps. I hope that sticks around. Um but uh, yeah, that was the most common thing when I asked people, hey, you want me to bring anything from Korea? When I you know, visited this month, it was, can you grab me, you know, a greener scarf or, you know, something like that. And um, that, so that was kind of cool to see. Great. Yeah, it's interesting to hear maybe for the first time in, in, in K-League history, the opportunity for, for that foothold abroad. And of course, we see a lot of it with, of course, the big player in Anson at the moment, as now in terms of the mm-hmm. followers. So 
how did you actually become a, an Antan fan to begin with? And let's just explore this and see if anyone can follow similar paths who are listening to this, who have uh, picked up a, a K-League team and then have managed to continue following it. Cool. All right. Well, it's, it's a bit of a long story. I'll, I'll try to condense it, but um, uh, glad I ended up in Ansan. But uh, during uh, 2008, I heard about the Suwon Bluings um, when they were on their uh, Asian Champions League winning campaign. Um, there was this show on this like obscure sports network that had Asian soccer for 30 minutes a week. And um, it show highlights from Thailand and Korea and Japan and <clears throat> excuse me and obviously the champions league so i followed the blue wings winning that and i was like all right that's pretty cool and dug a little more through you know wikipedia and, and all that stuff about the k-league and then two years later in 2010 i, I moved to korea um and i was like i'm gonna pick a team you know nearby where i end up and well, i ended up in andong <laughs> an hour north of daegu and what also happened that year though was sangju sangmu the military team moved yeah. out to sangju a little town about 30 minutes outside of Andong. And uh, I used to go there, met up with the, uh, I guess, shout out to the Wegoot Phoenix Army. Um, we went to a bunch of games and, and it got me interested. And so I learned more about other teams. I got to go to away games in Seoul and Pohang and, and all those other cool places. And then um, went back home for a little bit after 2011. And in 2013, found myself back in Korea and I lived in Ansan. And I lived basically on the same block as the stadium. Um, and I was like, what's the deal with this massive stadium? Who's playing there? And then shortly after, you know, professional soccer um, returned with the Ansan police. And um, I used to go to games anytime I could. Half the time by myself. Wednesday nights, I was definitely like the only foreigner there. And then eventually met up with a couple of you guys, which made it, it's, you know, a whole nother thing and, and made me fall in love with the team on a, another level. Right. It's always interesting to see that the origin stories of how these, uh, these loves for so we say more difficult to follow clubs actually begin it's interesting you mentioned andon because they do now have i think a k5 team that play by the riverside but it's it's it's, trying to get information on them feels a little bit like back in the national league days for ansan hallelujah when nothing was up to date and sometimes you turn up at the stadium and the game was at a different time than it had been you know in previously advertised different field different time yeah Yeah. (laughs) But, right, so obviously a big question is, now, I'll be honest, of course, following, um, following Anton from Korea, but of course I was born and raised as, a, as an Evertonian. It's also been very easy to follow um, obviously my hometown team because obviously all my family follow it. The Premier League coverage is, is vast and it's, it's kind of you know, something you live and breathe. But... Would that be the case for a, for a team like Ansan? And obviously, the being able to watch and follow the team, see the highlights, is much better than it was. But obviously, that community and talking points are somewhat not quite there. So, do you think being a long distance fan is that is that relationship sustainable? Um, you know, I think so. Um, and you mentioned the whole, for example, you know, I, I follow Atlanta United and Liverpool, and those teams do have international presences broadcast in pretty much every channel on earth. It's super easy to follow them. And also in English, <laughs> our native tongue, you know, um, it's, it's quite easy. Um, the K-Leagues picked up a lot um, as far as, as that goes. Um, and, uh, but really the kind of technology I think is what's going to guide that. 
Um, not everyone and, and myself, I'm not going to be able to go visit and go to games in person too frequently, hopefully every year or two. Um, but uh, a lot of people are going to have that chance. So things like that, you know, the K-League stream, the international stream has been awesome. If they keep that, whether free or paid or whatever, that's really going to be their key is that, you know, getting that viewership, I think. Um, you know, for me, I'm always going to support Ansan, just like the clubs, clubs I've, you know, grown up supporting. Um, but, you know, I, I do think the league's growing. Like you mentioned, Asnawi in Indonesia blew up. Look at Ansan's social media you know, this year. Um, it's a little inflated, obviously, in that instance. But um, I think things like that are going to help, you know, expanding South Asia, uh, other parts of Asia, and then hopefully eventually more so on a larger scale into Europe and the Americas. Yeah. Well, part of that question as well comes on the back of that. Like, you know, if you know, with all this uh, this big following over Asnawi, and then you get a lot of if you see this, the even the highlights, you get there's always a couple of YouTube highlights within an hour of every single Asnawi touch, and it's just stop, 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 stop between everything he does. So the following is wow. there, but will Indonesia fans keep Ansan close to heart once Asnawi moves on or will of course they just follow what Indonesian players play I'd be quite interested to see if yeah. Ansan can keep that historic, historical sense to them because um, they really do feel like they've become the international club of the K-League they fielded five foreign players the first K-League at the same time this season back in June um, and a sixth player was, of course, Kang Sewil, who, while being a Korean, obviously he's Korean, but he's the only multi-ethnic professional football player. So really quite an interesting, um, kind of an interesting melting pot of, of what's going on in, in modern Korea as a whole taking place at Amsterdam. It's just a shame it's at the foot of the K2, really. <laughs> but, I mean, and that's fitting for, like, the city of Ansan, you know? It, it's so diverse compared to, you know, other places, and got a big Indonesian population, which obviously I'm assuming guided a lot of that trade. But, um, but yeah, and oddly enough, we went to, a few years ago at Sunni Saad, who had played in MLS and in the USL yeah. Championship over here, and I had friends, like, text me. He was like, that guy's playing at Ansan. That's, that's your team, right? <laughs> was, that was kind of neat, actually. Right. And of course, he was an ext- extremely great guest on, on, on this very podcast as well. Um, hopefully we can hear him in sports journalism because he's very, so knowledgeable about, about um, Asian football. It's great. It was great. So great. So I think we're going to actually wrap that up there, but just a little bit of introspection on what it's like to be that, you know, the, the long distance fan. And of course, with what's going on at Ansan and the K-League at large, these long-distance long fans are going to be quite important to the next step of the K-League development because it's not happening on a domestic front, but we are seeing a lot of green shoots that it could happen on the international stage. Absolutely. So any plans for when you'll be next back at the WAR? Hoping for next summer, 2023. Hopefully that summer might be a bit cooler, but we'll see. <laughs> Okay, excellent. Well, thanks, Kyle, and thanks for checking in. And hopefully this podcast gets you thinking about your own long-distance relationships in global football or global soccer. I'm sure Kyle would like to correct me. Excellent. All right, take care. All right, thanks, Mike. See you. See you later.